Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your SmackDown study. It's your SmackDown study for April 15th, 2022. And we had ourselves an excellent episode of SmackDown Live tonight. We'll just jump right into things. Not much else to say. We'll just get through it. SmackDown kicking off tonight from my old stomping grounds, Worcester, Massachusetts. It's nice to see Worcester getting a, uh, not just a house show, but getting a SmackDown again. Uh, it's always a great, great crowd. Um, you get those people from Boston who, uh, like I was actually mentioned, um, Boston crowds or Massachusetts crowds altogether, uh, some of the best crowds for wrestling. So, and this, this crowd definitely did not disappoint as well. So, Raw's champions, the tag team champions, RK Bro, coming out to the ring to issue a challenge uh, to uh, the Usos, uh, essentially stating, hey, you guys want to come to our show and, and challenge us for these titles to unify, to unify the tag titles. So we're, we're going to come out here and uh, on your show and uh, we'll give you an answer. So obviously the Usos, the uh, Bloodline themselves, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, come out to the ring, and uh, we have ourselves a nice, nice little segment a promo off between these two teams, and the Usos obviously they're always great on the <laughs> on the mic. Uh, Randy tonight seeming extra extra excited, just laying into the Usos. Uh, the Usos themselves beforehand had, had tried to reintroduce themselves to RK Bro, uh, talking about their accolades and everything else. And then Randy himself decided to do the exact same thing for his team. And uh, Randy's just, yeah, Randy was next level tonight. And it was a lot of fun. So RK Bro did accept the unification match. And later on in the night, it was made official. And at WrestleMania Backlash, it will now be the RK Bro versus the Usos to have the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. I'm a little sad to see multiple titles being unified. Just a personal opinion. A lot of people are excited about it because they just want, you know, the brand split to die and, and never come back. The only issue I have with that is that once you do that, then you're guaranteed to have the same people on both shows and more people on the other on either card gets pushed down more time to not be on television, maybe be forced to be on main event or even pushed farther down that they could be on NXT next level. They could go to NXT, you know, they could get released I know that the 15th of April has historically been a bad, bad day for wrestlers uh, in WWE, but we got no releases. So one ray of good, one way, one, one, one ray of light. So it's a good thing, but <clears throat> we'll see what happens after this match. And if we're just going to have one tag team champion, then I guess it is what it is. Uh, but our in-ring action tonight kicked off with Naomi, with Sasha Banks, taking on Rhea Ripley with Liv Morgan by her side. Uh, and this match, 
was real good. I'm glad to see Naomi getting a chance to shine on TV. Um, for too long, she's been on the sidelines, so I'm very glad that she's able to uh, get a chance to show her stuff. Uh, it was a great match. Um, Rhea hitting the riptide on Naomi as Naomi's trying to fight out of it. She tried to fight the entire way until she got slammed into the mat. Just, just a- excellent stuff. No, you you want that. That's, that's I think honestly that's the first time I've ever seen somebody really sh- try to struggle and get themselves out of a move while being hit it um, for a long time. So I'm glad to see that it makes Naomi look strong because she was still fighting all the way to the end. Rhea does her her new pin <laughs> um, that everybody's been talking about on the internet lately. Uh, to get the win and gets even more momentum now going into Raw next week where we will have our WWE Women's Tag Team title match as Rhea and Liv will take on and challenge Sasha and Naomi for said titles. I have my personal opinions on how I think this match will go. Uh, I will discuss those on the Raw review. So make sure you guys pay close attention to what happens on Monday as we talk about it come next week. But after this, we found out that Drew Gulak now is attempting to do backstage interviews. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with this because uh, I love that we get to see Drew Gulak on television. That's an excellent, excellent thing. But the fact that he's not being an active competitor, it's a little sad. Um I love seeing him wrestle. He's one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. And the fact that he doesn't get that moment to shine, uh, it's it's sad. It really, truly is. Um, but if he's happy, then I'm happy for him. But he does his interview in the back with Madcap Moss, and they talk about what's been going on with Madcap and uh, Happy Corbin. Um, we're clearly leading into a match between these two at WrestleMania Backlash, which is fine. Um, I think it's good for Madcap. He's clearly over with the crowd now. Uh, they seem very happy with uh, with him uh, separating from, from Corbin. Uh, I thought Baron did a wonderful job of making Madcap, um, of, of making him relevant again and putting him over on, with the crowd. So um, hopefully that continues going forward. And uh, maybe we'll see Madcap in the some type of mid-card title race down the line. We'll see. But he had a match with Umberto, uh, with Angel uh, by his side, and Madcap got the dub. He got the win. Uh, goes over and kisses his Andre the Giant Battle Royal uh, title, uh, statue that he has, and uh, it's, it's looking pretty good. So after Drew's initial interview, with madcap um we find him again uh going to adam pierce in the back while adam is actually speaking with charlotte and drew comes in and says how did i do how was my you know audition to become a backstage interviewer and charlotte cuts him off and kind of just looks at him and goes what are you what are you doing no you, you want you want to interview somebody how about you interview me in the ring next and you can interview a true superstar so i'm like all right we're gonna get drew in multiple uh segments tonight um okay yes i'm all for this let's go uh 
So Charlotte um, comes out to the ring after Drew does a great job of, of, of introducing her. Um, also, I got to give props to Charlotte Flair for rocking this Cruella DeVille look uh, that she's been doing periodically from time to time. She just, I don't know why, but it, it fits her so well. It just, it's perfect. Like, I feel like she's going to go out and murder a whole bunch of Dalmatians. It's just, I don't know. It just, it just works. It just works. Um, so they get in, she gets in the ring and Drew starts to ask those hard hitting questions. Uh, Charlotte, um, clearly not a fan of them. Uh, Drew asking about uh, Rhonda tapping her out at WrestleMania, even though the ref was down and did not see the submission occur. Charlotte was automatically on the defensive saying she never tapped out. It never happened. And Worcester, I got to give you props. You gave, you gave all the hell to Charlotte for this uh, with the, you tapped out chance and everything else. <clears throat> but after this whole thing, she tells Drew she's had enough the interviews over and to leave. So Drew's like, all right, fine. He turns around and he goes to leave. Charlotte does the chop block to the back of Drew's leg, throws him in the figure eight, and makes Drew scream, I quit. It hurt my soul. Not that a woman was beating up a man, but the fact that Drew Gulak, who is a submission master, was made to scream, I quit, to Charlotte. I understand the purpose of it. Obviously, it's to build her legitimacy as a submission wrestler going into WrestleMania Backlash against Ronda Rousey, but it just hurt my soul a little bit that poor Drew got put through the ringer. But it is what it is. After that, Drew McIntyre looking to keep Sami Zayn in the ring this time as they had a rematch from last week. Uh, those of you who don't remember, Sami Zayn took to the hills a few minutes into this match because he does not want to fight Drew McIntyre after he put his foot in his mouth a couple of weeks ago stating to Adam Pierce that he would fight the next person that came out of the locker room. <laughs> but... As things tend to be, Sammy once again runs away through the crowd. Drew tried to chase him this time, but 10 count happens. Sammy loses again via count out. But we find out that next week we will have a rematch once again between these two, but it will be a lumberjack match. So this is either really good <laughs> or really bad. Back in the day, Lumberjack matches were important. Um, they they kept the wrestlers kept each other in the ring, and uh, nowadays it seems to be this whole the heels always attack the faces, and the faces do their job. They just grab the heel and throw them back in the ring until the faces get attacked, and then it turns into a giant scrum. And then the Lumberjacks all leave and then Havoc happens with the two competitors in the ring and something ends up happening. Part of me feels that's exactly what's going to happen again <laughs> this time, but we'll see. Um, after that, Ricochet, rocking the Harlem Heat uh, gear tonight, or maybe rocking the, the Kim Kardashian. I don't know, because earlier this week, Kim had an interesting getup that uh, Booker T took a liking to and... Uh, <laughs> was very Harlem heat ask some other people thought it might have been Bam Bam Bigelow and you know what you can't go wrong with either with either group so we're 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 good we're good here but Ricochet putting his Intercontinental Championship on the line against Jinder Mahal and Ricochet does retain his title 
it's interesting because when Ricochet first won his title, he just continued to lose, um, especially to both members of Los Otharios, then able to get the victory in that triple threat. Now he seems to be picking up a little bit of momentum, getting a win here over Jinder, and we'll see who his next championship challenger will be. After that, we had an interview with Seamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland. They went over what had happened after the end of last week, after um, Butch lost to Xavier Woods via the Backwoods small package finisher. Um, and they showed Butch obviously attacking both Ridge and Seamus after the match because obviously he was frustrated that he lost his, his SmackDown uh, debut. But Seamus was quick to to dismiss it, saying that it was a civilized conversation between the three men and that the true enemy here was the New Day, which we also heard Butch speak for the first time, uh, just basically just saying that New Day was the enemy. And then all of a sudden, Butch disappeared while Seamus and Ridge were still talking, uh, being interviewed. And Ridge noticed Butch was gone, tried to interrupt Seamus, and Seamus was not paying much attention until Ridge was like, we lost Butch. Seamus was like, what do you mean we lost Butch? We can't lose Butch. What's going on? So the interview ends, and they go off, and they go try to find Butch. But we find Butch real quick because New Day signing um, uh, pictures and, and, and gear and different things, and they're talking about everything with Seamus and Butch and Ridge. And then all of a sudden, like this was the smoothest attack I've ever seen. Butch leaps over the table that Xavier Woods is sitting in front of and starts attacking him. And it happened so smooth and so quickly that Kofi was in the middle of laughing at a joke that Xavier just said to immediately throwing his arms in the air. Like he was like a wacky inflatable arm guy and tries to help. Woods, you know, after he's being attacked, then Seamus and Ridge show up. They start attacking a whole bunch of people come in. They break them all up. And Butch is just a mass of just energy. And it's it's actually honestly a lot of fun. Yeah, the name change sucks a little bit, but I like what he's doing with his character. So you know what? I'm 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 fine. I'm fine. I'll always love Pete Dunn, but Butch is doing a pretty darn good job. We then go, not really necessarily backwards, but we have another emotional story with Lacey Evans um, talking about her past growing up with her with her father and her, with her family. It's very touching. It was a very good stuff. It makes her seem like a real person, which, you know, I know traditionally with sports entertainment and with wrestling the wrestlers seem larger than life uh lacy now seeming more like an everyday person and it, it was it was good to see the crowd really cheered for her when she mentioned that you know she was a, a former marine and there to be a superstar so the crowd seems to be into it i'm interested to see her get back in the ring and see what she does um as much as i love the sassy southern bell this more real life lacy evans uh, with the whole America background, and uh, it seems like it's going to be a good fit. Um, so we'll see where that goes from there. <laughs> After that, they go to the back in the uh, women's locker room, and we have Natalia and Shanna Baszler uh, complaining about Lacey and about all the other newer 
female superstars that now have made their way up from NXT. And they, or at least Natalia starts to make comments about Raquel. Uh, now, obviously, Raquel Gonzalez now being Raquel Rodriguez. She is sitting in the room as Natalia is running her into the ground. Doesn't seem to notice until Natalia turns towards her. Raquel stands up, introduces herself, and Natalia and Natalia goes into a complete fake voice of like, "Oh, welcome to SmackDown." Blah blah blah. You know, introduces herself and everything else, and then her and Shayna, you know, exit stage right. I Perky Raquel is going to take some getting used to. Uh, I'm I'm used to Mommy Cool from NXT, this badass and just destroys everybody. Doesn't really smile. Doesn't really laugh. Just destruction. Perky Raquel is a different side, and I, I, I'm not going to say I hate it. I'm just not used to it yet. So I'm, it's it's still it's still growing on me. I'm, I'm not going to dismiss it like some people have, uh, but we'll see what happens after that. Then we went to our main event, um, where it was Riddle taking on Jimmy Uso. This was actually this match was actually made at the very beginning of the show. Uh, after the tag teams uh, had their arguments <laughs> uh, at the beginning. And this match was absolutely, and I will say it's stupendous. Uh, I, I truly, truly enjoyed it. This, the way this match ended also was just hysterical. So, and I mean that in the best way possible. So Jimmy's getting ready to line up a Samoan drop for, for Riddle. Uh, they're, in e- they're each in a corner. And they meet in the middle, and Jimmy throws Riddle up. Get ready to hit that Samoan. And then out of midair, Riddle contorts his body and grabs Jimmy and drops one of the most stellar RKOs I've ever seen. This thing was so ridiculous that Randy Orton lost his goddamn mind, slid into the ring when he's not even a wrestler in this match. The ref has to quickly stop him from getting involved. Counts to three, and Randy's just losing his mind. Um, you know, when Randy hits those good RKOs, he he gives himself a moment to just kind of freak out for the crowd, and the crowd eats it up. But the fact that he did this for Riddle was just, that just amplifies how amazing this RKO was. And if you haven't seen a clip of this, I recommend you going out and finding it. You can search it on Twitter. You can search online. This finish was outstanding. Randy's expression and his whole just reaction to it was just, it made the moment that much better. So RK bro getting some momentum going towards WrestleMania backlash. We will see what happens going forward. But like I said, this SmackDown was a lot, a lot of fun um, to watch. And it was also very interesting to have it go after a Rampage, uh, with Rampage being on at 7 p.m. instead of the traditional 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, I believe it was due to the play-in game for uh, the NBA. So if you don't already, guys, please make sure you follow us on Twitter. At Above the Ring, we have... uh, We've gone past 7,000 followers and we are on our way to eight. Um, we would love to get to 10. 
Uh, that's one of those milestones on Twitter. Uh, that's just nice to have. And, and we really appreciate all you guys coming in, listening, responding to our tweets, you know, quote, t- uh, quote, tweeting us, giving us your opinions. And um, we just, we just love the interaction. So thank you guys. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at ship it above the ring. Um, you can also find us on uh, Instagram at underscore above the ring and on Twitter as well as above the ring. Um, you can find myself every, everywhere at Scotty J stream. You can find this podcast and basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If you are listening on one that we're not a part of, let us know. We will add ourselves to it and you can add up and you can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bit of them to your day from above the ring. Again, once again, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Our next Above the Ring episode will be coming out on Monday morning. It's episode 125. It's pretty wild that we've uh, had 125 episodes done. And also, if you have some time this weekend, please go and listen to our third episode of the Catch a View from Above the Ring series, where I sat down with two of my Northern Vermont University Linden classmates, we talked WrestleMania, best re- uh, rest- wrestling eras in history, uh, and the current state of wrestling and, pro- and sports entertainment as a whole. Um, but guys, thank you once again. We truly appreciate you. Most importantly, though, do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Have a good weekend. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.